Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Welcome back, Mamacitas. I got an awesome episode for you today. And today we're pressing the reset button on judgment. Oh, judgment. We're going to go deep and go take it to a level that you might have never taken it before. We're going spiritual, guys. And judgment is something that affects us all. I know you've all been judgmental duties. I mean, my hand is raised. I have been too. But it shows up in so many ways now that it's really preventing us from the ability to cultivate compassion and empathy and self-acceptance. And we really need to get to this crux of really letting go of judgment, understanding how to embody discernment and compassion for others who may make choices that we may not agree with. So... We see judgment play out a lot as moms, right? We are notorious for moms slinging mud and shade at other moms because it's the area that we feel the most insecure about, right? We are so vulnerable. We take motherhood so seriously. And so when someone slightly judges us or maybe criticizes us, it takes us to another place. And so we judge others in so many different ways. It could be the small things like, oh, that mom gives McDonald's to her kids. Or I can't believe that that working mom has nanny. She doesn't spend any time with her kids. Or goodness, can you believe that she said that? I would never do that. You know, moms that are working sling shade at moms who are stay-at-home and stay-at-home moms are envious of those who work. You know, our judgment goes deep. Oh, she moved on fast after her divorce. She gets sloppy when she's drunk. Oh, rapist should rot in jail. Or Trump is a freaking douchebag. You know, the judgment goes from people that you know, so people that you have no idea, to public figures. It's literally crazy, y'all. It's It's judgment is infiltrating every area of our life. And so it's easy to judge people who we think who have done things that are wrong or immoral or things that are like really out there, right? Like murderers and rapists and people who molest children. Those people, you can, you don't feel any sort of connection to that because in your life, you're like, I wouldn't do that. And so I'm no way condoning any of these behaviors or minimizing any of them if they've been part of your experience. But we really need to go beyond our limited perspective in our human mind and perhaps the mainstream perspective and rise above to see these difficult situations from a spiritual and higher space. Let's go beyond our limited thinking and tap into a wisdom that is much higher than our mind. So we live in a world of ticker headlines and 24-7 gossip and reality TV and constantly updating Insta and Facebook feeds. We're making snap decisions and judgment calls, characterizing things that we see in an instant as good, bad, or unimportant. In a second, we can look at an image and then we decide, oh, this is good. 
This is not good. I wouldn't do that. Oh, that's so annoying. That's so showy. We come to this fully realized opinion in a snap second. You know, it's kind of like our biological wiring. You know, we are meant to judge things that we see because we survived for many generations like that visualizing and being intuitive to see what our threats and our surrounding and attempting to neutralize them and protecting us so when we come across them we can take the right actions to feel safe but ironically this psychological and this evolutionary process has turned our judgments into more harm than good it's created and maintained the separation that you are a separate human being from me rather than that connection of oneness and wholeness and that real essence of the traits of who we are at our truth forgiving loving compassionate empathetic understanding these traits are being pushed aside because we're sitting and reveling in our opinions and our judgments and we're believing them to be the truth. Like this whole thing of like, oh, I'm sharing my truth. I'm expressing my truth. It's kind of a blanket statement of I can sing, sling whatever I want. It is my judgment. It is my right to share my judgment. But this is leading to self-righteousness, to the space of we are not considering the consequences of what we're saying and how they affect others. What is the karma that we're putting out? How is this affecting the lives and the souls of others? And so we really need to learn how to manage this discernment of rather than, oh, I'm sharing my truth to I'm sharing the truth. And we always hear, right? Like when there's an argument, it's your perspective, their perspective, and then the truth. And the truth is always for the highest good of all. It's never just one-sided. It's more of a compromised position. It is a solution that is beneficial for our. It opens up the eyes of both parties to growth, through evolution, to healing. And yes, it includes pain and learning and resistance and healing and forgiveness. But we really need to start only speaking the truth. And really being conscious, is what I'm sharing for the highest good of all? Or is it putting out energy and negativity that we really don't want into the world? And we really need to build that awareness of being more mindful of what we say and how we say it and who we're saying it to and the intention behind why we are sharing our opinions, right? This whole like, is our solicit, is it solicit advice, unsolicited advice? You know, is it your opinion really warranted or not warranted? And so we really need to start dissecting this and being really clear and aware of what we're saying to others about others and um, what is the intention behind it. So really from my experience and from a lot of spiritual texts, it doesn't matter what religion you are, you know, there are two basic emotions and they are either fear and love they are the most primal base feelings and instincts that we have and every other emotion and feeling is a subsect of that it's either relating to fear or is it relating to love so you know we can dissect all these other feelings and these offshoot core feelings but we when we judge something as bad it relates to fear and when we love we judge as good so this has been what's 
been rooted into us from childhood because we think about it. We are either good or bad girls or boys. We either make good or bad choices. We um, view this as good behavior or bad behavior. So everything has been created in this duality of contrast. And when we're living in this duality of fear and love, you they can't coexist. And so we really need to be aware that when we live in a state of fear or judgment or criticizing others, our bodies and minds do whatever they need to to keep us safe. And that might be avoiding whatever it is, destroying it, judging it, or simply making it different from who we are. And if you look at it, that is the root of racism and sexism and homophobia and all other fear-based rationalities that are planted and nurtured. It is you are separate than me and if you are not with me, then you are against me and it takes it to a whole new escalated level of when someone has a different opinion people take it personally like oh you're an Eagles fan and I'm a Jets fan or I'm a Giants fan it's like you can't meet in the middle just because of this one difference that you have and so one going to the core of Understanding judgment and releasing judgment is being able to step out of your opinion and to understand the other. And one of the deepest things is when we judge people for their choices, like, oh, I wouldn't do that, or I can't believe they did that, or they're just wrong because they do heinous things, right? Like rape, murder, um, you know, molesting kids, like these things that are just so gruesome in our mind and grossly unacceptable we have to really look and understand the other person's point of view and this is going to be hard but I want to ride through how this journey came about in my life so I've shared before that you know I've had a really tumultuous relationship with my mom but I was watching this movie probably like two years ago and it's called The Shack and maybe you might have watched it or not this is really funny guys so I had this major aha moment with when I watched this movie and it's really changed and catapulted this whole journey of judgment and cultivating compassion and empathy but guys so when I was researching for this podcast I got the plot of the movie wrong so what I thought happened was not what happened but you know what I'm gonna give you my thoughts of what it was because this was like boom like mind-blowing for me because it really put me on the path of learning how to cultivate uh, compassion and empathy for people's choices that we think like you know even like rapists or people who murder people or criminals so Okay, so this is a movie about a gentleman whose daughter is kidnapped and murdered and how he was having such a difficult time, you know, healing from it. He was having so much hatred and anger and couldn't forgive the gentleman who did this. And it's this it's this experience where he's uh, dreaming and he meets 
God and he's having these conversations with God and what I love is it's this black woman who's God and um, so there's a lot of symbolism in this movie and um, one of the scenes is like he's you know he was like to God like how can you let this happen you know if there was really a God you wouldn't let good thi- I mean bad things happen to good people and how did you allow this to happen and you know you had this feeling of just like revenge and not having justice justice fulfilled and just this anger in his heart and God was like you know you really can't judge a situation it's not that easy it's not that black or white and so she God took him into this cabin where, you know, shows him this image of this young boy getting brutally abused from his father when he was drunk and this little boy witnessed his dad beating his mom and, you know, God was like, you know, would you judge this boy? Like, would you condemn this boy? And, you know, the the gentleman who was looking, looking at it, he's like, no. Like, you know, you would empathize for a little boy who's going through that sort of trauma. And then my, so I'll tell you my version of it. You should watch the movie because I want to see if you get my version or the real version. I'm not even going to tell you what the real version is because I think that my point, it's been played out so often in my life that it's really helped me shift the perspective. So this is what I took from it. It was that the, the person who committed the murder was that gentleman who, that little boy who was getting abused. And so what I learned was, and this is, this has been the truth for every single thing that I've seen or I want to judge or like in an individual, is that only people who are hurt, hurt other human beings people don't come into this world as rapists and murderers and molesters and drunks and you know knowing that um they're gonna be like that now think about when you hold your baby and this is really the realization that came to me that your baby is pure and has this blank slate and yes they come into the world with you know maybe destiny or maybe past life karma but they don't come into the world with this hatred and this anger and this, you know, this is what my journey is going to be and I'm going to hurt other people. There's something that happens in their life which causes trauma or abuse or experiences where they don't know how to process their emotions and they are stuffed inside and stuffed inside and stuffed inside. Some of us have this internal battle that goes in our mind which manifests as anxiety and um, inner things whereas other people the pain is so unbearable they have to throw it out like hot fire to others and that's where they inflict pain on others because they need to feel they feel so out of control and victimized and little that they need that gross um experience of power over another human being in order to I don't really know what what they get out of it I think that maybe be a you know, one on like a, a case by case scenario, but the the whole idea is that they feel so weak and out of control that they need to dominate another by exerting power and control over another. And so I the lawyer in me started to analyze starting with criminals, starting to analyze like what happened to them to make them want to do that. And so I looked at I watched the docuseries with the Menendez brothers and, you know, my heart truly and utterly broke when I heard what their parents were doing. And, 
you know, it's, it's like, of course, it's not okay to murder your parents or what, you know, I'm not condoning it, but there has to be a level of empathy and compassion of what happened to them as children. And then at the very end of the docuseries, you hear that, you know, the mother of Juan um, Menendez was molesting her son. And so it was, that to me was like a boom, like, the mother was probably molested and then she did it to her son and her son did it to these two boys. And it just was like, oh my gosh, how deep does this pattern run in our ancestors? And, you know, it just really got me to think that you have empathy for this mother that who probably got abused when she was a child or, you know, the father who was abused by the mother. It just really cracks you open that if you're willing to see a higher perspective everyone has a story that would break your heart if you knew what it was so it's really not easy to judge someone by what their worst actions we have their accumulation of everything that's happened in their life and until as human beings and spiritual beings we can rise to that to see that we can't judge someone by one single action even though it is wrong and heinous and it is not it's just that this is someone who's extreme experienced trauma and abuse and they didn't know how to process it they didn't have the the space or the healing ability or the right resources and I did that with the whole R. Kelly thing oh my gosh that was devastating I watched the surviving R. Kelly docu docuseries and you know, the first thing what came into my mind, because this is kind of how I think now, is what happened to him that he did this to other people. And it, you know, like his sister was the one who was musting him. And it was just, oh my gosh, at a young age when this happens, how this manifests into an adult who's never healed. And so, you know, part of me feels compassion but then part of me feels so sad because what is the solution to helping to break this pattern what is it right like you know waiting till they're adults and they are doing this to other people obviously it's too late but how do we get the help and how do we become more aware of that this is happening and how do we stop the cycles of happening it just sometimes makes me feel overwhelmed because the problem seems so much bigger and then I remind myself that, you know, talking about it and if we change our judgments one person at a time, maybe that creates a ripple effect of some change happening in a larger scale. So that's why I'm really talking about this topic. So I've really changed how I watch things so like I watch the real housewives but I'm constantly dissecting them I'm not watching it for the drama I would like to see the the emotional and the dynamics play out because where do you sense that you want to judge others or what is it how are people how are people manifesting this judgment in other people's lives so it is crazy if you could be a fly in my mind when I'm watching shows it's all about understanding how can we see more compassion here how can we be more empathetic here it's crazy I feel like it's a work it's like a process where I'm training my mind to be able to not judge and be compassionate now it's always easier when it's not somebody in your life, right? Or someone on TV, the practicing process of it. 
well, I really had to own this and bring it into my own life because the people who triggered me were people that I judge more severely. And it's always harder because it's connected to feeling hurt by them. And so this really manifested for me as understanding and trying to heal my relationship with my mom and trying to understand where she's coming from. And so in one of my meditations in my Kundalini training, you know, a lot, like I mentioned before, a lot of my catalyst of getting into a spiritual journey is because of that relationship. There was a lot of anger and frustration and um, hurt and pain that lived within me. And I knew that I needed to heal and release that because it was doing a lot of damage towards me and my relationships. And it was making me a person that I was not proud of. And so in one of my meditations, I got this vision of, you know, something that um, something might have my mom had experienced. And my mom doesn't talk about her past. And so I started reverse engineering her behaviors. And so people who trigger you and you're just like, oh my gosh, they're crazy. Like, don't they just see it? Like this behavior is like erratic and not normal you know, start reverse engineering their behaviors. Like for example, like my mom could never handle like someone making a joke at her expense. Or even if like someone was making a joke, she would be offended and think it was about her. Like she was highly sensitive. So that's why we felt like you always are like walking on eggshells because you don't know what's going to trigger her or make her feel insecure. And so it was like, okay, well humiliation, like she can't, feel like she's the butt of jokes or like and she's not or like someone says even something she can't take criticism and she always feels like she needs to be in control and um you know she's really loud because she needs her voice to be heard and so I basically reverse engineered it and I was able to pinpoint the space of what happened to her in her past that was the catalyst of her being the way that she is because she wasn't always like this and if you have the foresight to do that with any person in your life you can kind of trail back of where maybe this stems from now of course like if there's someone in your family they may or may not share but it's always it will take you to a place to at least be um, aware of what what caused them to be the way that they are So anyways, I understood where she was coming from and I was able for the first time to really have compassion for my mom. She was somebody who never shared her feelings, never expressed her feelings. You know, Indian culture is like you don't talk about it if it's not, if it doesn't, if it's not happy or make you look good in the eyes of other people, your reputation is gold. So you don't talk about things that can embarrass you or your family or your family name. So things were just not talked about. And it really, you know, I heard this quote, I think it was from the Reverend John Watson or Watson, I'm not sure. I apologize that I don't know exactly who said it but it says be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle that really ring really has resonated and has lived in my soul so when I feel like I won't even want to judge like someone who's a cashier who's like rude I really try to remember that everyone like if I knew their story or what happened in their day or what's happening in their life it would be something that I would empathize or feel sorry you know I feel sad for them 
not pity, but, you know, you'd feel compassion and empathy for them. And so, you know, we, we say that we want to be empathetic or we want to teach our children empathy or we want to be compassionate or we want to forgive other people. Well, we really need to embody how, how our judgments are preventing us from preventing us to do that. And one of the biggest things is we have to really reevaluate our opinions because the minute that you believe that you have the right to your opinions or and you start judging others because you would do something differently or you would behave differently, you are now at a lower vibration and you step out of the vibration of love. And love and judgment can't coexist. But love and discernment can coexist. And it's in the space of discernment that we can embody compassion and empathy and love and set boundaries. It's not that, oh, we just give love and we, you know, we tolerate people's bad behaviors or you stay in the bad marriage or you um, allow someone to abuse you or you allow someone to speak disrespectfully to you. No, absolutely not. It's about using the discernment of whose energy vibration matches yours, what kind of behaviors that you will tolerate and allow, what kind of conversations you will choose to participate in, and what kind of energy and people you will allow in your life to affect you and what boundaries you need to set up. So how is it that we overcome and detox ourselves from judgment? From my experience, it's through focusing on cultivating compassion and understanding the difference between judgment and discernment. When we are able to embody discernment, that's when judgment becomes a less and less determining uh, characteristic in our life. So what's the difference between judgment and discernment? Jasmine says that you are bad. I don't love you and I don't want to be associated with you because what you are doing is wrong. Judgment is a mirror to show us the workings of our inner mind. It works in opinions and writing people off and absolutes and it works in black and whites. There is no gray area. And discernment is I accept you as you are. I trust that you're a soul on your unique spiritual path. I trust that you're on your right place in your journey, learning what you're supposed to, but I trust the discernment that my energy vibrations aren't aligned with yours. And since it's not in the highest good of all, I choose to set boundaries to limit my exposure to you. So discernment allows you to stay wide open, but protects you with clean boundaries. And judgment closes your hearts off and thinks that you're superior than others. Discernment is actually an ultimate form of self-care. It's promising yourself that you're going to stay close to people who respect your boundaries, who are a vibrational match, that you're going to share things who are aligned with you, right? You're going to share your truths and vulnerabilities, not with everybody, but with people who deserve to hear your story and who know how to love and support you with an open heart. Setting up boundaries when you're coming from a place of judgment, oh, I just can't deal with that person, I'm gonna stay away from them, is a different energy vibration than discernment. 
I choose to keep my space from you because it's not for the highest good of all. It is not in my highest good and it's not in your highest good. Because when we serve as a distraction for others, even when we want to help them and to give them advice and solutions, but if they're not ready for it, then we're a distraction to their spiritual growth and soul's evolvement and and where they need to be right now. So I've made this mistake on my spiritual journey and you know I would it feels good to be around high vibe people, right? You want to be surrounded by that kind of conversation and those kind of people. But here's the thing, the world is not just made up of high vibe people. You have to enter the real world. You have to hang out with your family and your kids who are not always going to be on the high vibe trip, right? And even ourselves, we are not always high vibe. Things are constantly changing and in movement. Energy changes and moves. Life experiences change us and move us. So here's the thing. If you're constantly trying to be around high vibe people, your soul can't grow to the highest involvement. Soul growth happens in relationships. And that means that you need to have that contrast. You need to have those disagreements and learn how to communicate effectively and speak in a way that's respectful, but also it's the truth and in a way that is um, aligned for the highest good of yourself and others. And now that is the journey of our souls. That's why we have chosen to incarnate as human beings because we have feelings and emotions and this ability to communicate and forgive and to show compassion. That's why we're here. So really recognize that if you try to like keep yourself in this bubble, sure, at times you'll want to only keep yourself in a bubble when you're getting started off in your spiritual journey, when you're uh, maybe naive or maybe you're impressionable. But to do the real work in the world, you have to be able to navigate all these different energies without letting it rock you to your core and uh, off balance you. So, you know, don't just create this barrier just for certain types of people in your life because you're going to limit your growth and it's through these human experiences that we can learn too. And it doesn't matter where they're on at their spiritual journey. There's something that we can learn if they're being brought into our life. And I really do like to say that prayer, like whoever's meant, whoever I'm meant to connect with, whoever's energy is my, my vibrancy, whoever I'm meant to serve or to help, please allow them to be shown and come to me. And so a lot of times when you are on a spiritual path and you are taking this vibration of using discernment, you will be guided to people of lower vibrancy vibrations, but it might be that you're serving as more of a guide or a mentor role. It is not, you're not getting pulled into their drama. You're trying to uh, give them spiritual perspectives if they're asking for your advice or you realize that it's okay to be silent. You don't always have to give your opinion if they're not in the space to receive it and that is true discernment. Staying silent out of choice. Like I choose not to participate in this conversation. I choose not to pass judgment on this person. I choose not to uh, bombard you with my thoughts and my beliefs and my truths because you might not be ready to hear it. So Discernment around family is really about recognizing the time limits that you can be around them, what is your boundaries, the space, what you, how you choose to control and conduct yourself, and the tools that you're going to need to reground yourself and re-energize yourself. And so it's 
absolutely appropriate to help and serve those souls who may come to you and want your advice uh, but it needs to come from a place of self-love and wanting it for the highest good of all because in the beginning you might find it hard in your spiritual journey to navigate this because these individuals um, you know they might be part of your family or they might be your friends that you've had for years and years and you don't feel comfortable distancing yourself from them and when you're walking this vulnerable path of your spiritual journey it can be healthier and kinder to yourself and others to keep a little distance um, in the beginning but over a period of time the path of growth is really learning to be present in the in the in the present with lower vibrational souls around you and that's a necessary part of the lesson of how do you not get unrooted and ungrounded and you can be rooted into your truth and your higher self so don't worry this is not going to be like something that you're going to be mastering forever it's something that you can truly learn the capacity to do and you'll find that when you embody more love and the ability to see things from other people's point of view and try to understand what happened to them to make them make this choice or have this perspective, you have a different energy around you. You're trying to learn and you're curious, not from a place where you want to throw shade at them or throw judgment at them. You want to really understand them. What is their space? And maybe the healing comes from giving them a space to even own or share or to you know listen to help them um, release the energy of whatever it may be that they're holding on to it's beautiful how the synchronicity and the dynamic can shift when you're coming from a place of love and discernment and compassion so I want to end with one really crucial distinction and a lot of times people have a mixed uh, definition of what compassion is and what pity is. You know, pity is more like, oh man, that really sucks or that's really terrible. But deep down you feel like, I'm so glad that's not me. You know, I've got it so much better than her. And compassion is feeling someone's pain and be like, oh my gosh, that is so hard. I'm so sorry you're going through that. But sending them love and light, hoping that the best case scenario will play out for them. You know, you are, you are, you're at peace and be like you maybe it makes you even increase your gratitude for yourself, but it's not feeling bad for the other person. Like, oh my gosh, thank God I am in, not in their shoes. It's about acknowledging that someone's hurt and even taking the next step of what could I do to lessen their pain or be there for them or, you know, hold space for them. So there is this, that's the big difference between compassion and pity and really understand like are you, when you're supposedly sympathetic to other people, are you just showing pity? So one of the big things that we have to really focus on as far as moving out of judgment and into discernment is how do we teach our kids this? And if you check out the Mommy IU episode where he talks about souls and strangers and robbers, I really use a little bit of the language of how I use, how I share this with Anne. So in our home, we don't say, you know, you're a good boy or a bad boy based on what he does. You're worthy and you're loved because of who you are, not what you do. We really make it a point not to say, you know, um, good and bad choices or good and bad behavior. We say, you know, that's a poor choice, right? We're trying to get away from this whole like delineation of this contrast of good and bad. And I say that, you know, there's a better choice. Or if he makes a choice, like, hmm, that's one choice. 
can you think of a better choice that you can make? So in many cases, rather than saying that's wrong or that's bad, you know, like, can I give you a suggestion? Maybe we could try it this way rather than no, don't do it that way. Another way that is, you know, we really need to teach our children that not everybody is, you know, a loving, kind human being because of these choices and these pain and the trauma that they've experienced. So the way that I share with him is that, you know, certain people are, you know, every soul is peaceful and loving at their core. But some souls are closer to the light and some souls are closest to, closer to the darkness. And it's through our choices that, you know, they go through the lightness and the darkness. And you can watch, I mean, listen to that episode to hear more about how I break that down and how I explain, how you can explain that to a child. But that's really important of like recognizing and helping children use their discernment of, you know, is this person like feeling their energy and trusting their energy? Because I've definitely felt because I'm energetically sensitive beyond being around someone, whether even it's in somebody like his grandparents. And if their energy is funky and off, or if his dad's energy is funky and off, he automatically, he could be fine with me all day and everything's running smoothly. But then when that person shows up, starts acting out a little bit and starts, you know, modeling and mimicking the energy that they're experiencing and taking in. And so sometimes when your kids are like, oh, I don't want to hug this person or I don't want to be around this person. Yeah, you're like, oh, they're being shy. But sometimes I tune into my energy. I'm like, yeah, they have some funky energy and he's probably feeling that. So I don't force him, even if it's his grandparents, to give them a hug because I want him to trust his body and his intuition and his energy. And so they are really, really, really in tune. And if you see that your child is, you know, gravitating away from a person, it doesn't matter. It's not like, oh, they're your elder. You need to respect them and you need to give them a hug and blah, blah, blah. Trust, let, teach them how to trust their energy because they might be putting off some funky energy that they don't want to be around. And so another big takeaway from this is really moving path past this whole idea of, my truth is the end-all be-all. I'm sharing my truth and not being aware of how it's affecting others. Let's start sharing the truth and stop sharing our truth. Because when it is the truth, it is going to be aligned for the highest good of all. Maybe other people might not like to hear it, but it is hardcore ingrained in what the truth and reality of all. And it's a higher perspective. So guys, I really hope this serves you well. I know this was a really deep conversation. I've been wanting to deep dive in this conversation so long, but you can't do this kind of long YouTube video or, you know, who wants to read a blog article that's this long? So I really thank you. If you stay to the end of this episode, you rock. That means that there is something of value that you received from this and that truly means the world to me. I really hope this serves you well on your journey and that you've got some benefit and value. And if you did, it would mean so, so much to me if you leave a message on um, the iTunes store and Apple Podcasts and I will send you a free gift. Um, My seven-day stress less detox course for free all you have to do is screenshot your review and email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com t-e-j-a-l at t-e-j-a-l-v-p-a-t-e-l.com and write the subject uh you know time and talks review and i'll send you the seven day stress relief course it is 
um, a really simple course. I send you an email every single day for seven days with a small video of a tool that you can use in the moment. They're all based in ancient Ayurvedic and yogic wisdom of different breathing tools and energetic tools and yogic tools to help your nervous system reset when you feel like you're about to get angry or you're experiencing anxiety or you're feeling fatigued and burned out. These are my go-to tools. I teach them to almost every single one of my coaching clients in some way, shape, or form. And it's just a really simple way for you to get these tools in these nuggets. You can save these videos and um, you can refer back to them. So thank you so much again for tuning in and I will check you on another episode, guys. Bye.